Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, we of course want to tell you about our friends at DraftKings, and that's right, the games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings has free-to-play pools that are available every day of the games in Tokyo, and they are offering a free shot of up to $50,000 in cash prizes. Yes, $50,000. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to Team USA. And all you got to do again is download the top rated DraftKings app right now and use that promo code THPN when you sign up to get a free shot of up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN. I'm Corey Crenshaw with Kat Silverman. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. something that's a little bit more intense of a discussion. I know uh, Kat and Corey have a lot to talk about when it comes to this, which is, uh, and Kat, please help me with the pronunciation here. You're our pronunciation expert. But it was the draft pick made by the Montreal Canadiens at number 31 overall from the London Knights, Logan Mayu. Thank you. Logan Mayu. Now, he, of course, prior to the draft, got a lot of headlines because he was convicted of a um, where he had taken a photo of a woman who was performing a sex act and shared it without her consent. And it was circulated by Mayu among some teammates. And I want to read from this athletic article here where the woman who was the victim in this case um, had a couple of things um, to talk about um, because I were, I want to focus on her here off the top more so than Logan. I think that's very important to do in these types of situations because oftentimes we tend to forget about the victims in these situations where, you know, most of the time it's Logan's the center of attention or the Canadians are the center of attention when it, really the story should be focusing on, on the woman in this case. And she's not been named obviously due to, to protect her privacy, but um, Corey Pronham has an article here on, um, on, on her and some of her thoughts. And she said this. she said, quote, I do not think that Logan has understood the seriousness of his behavior. The woman wrote in an email, the woman said she asked Malu send her a sincere apology in written form because she did not want to meet with him in person. She said she received, quote, a text that was no longer than three sentences. She went on to say, quote, all I wanted was a heartfelt apology for his behavior. And the woman felt that Mayu's subsequent attempts to apologize were done at the behest of team officials and the court. And so it's pretty clear that, um, she has not forgiven him, and even though Logan himself said he didn't want to be drafted before the draft, he was still picked, 
And, and I think we all agree on this. Like in most cases in, in sports, the only reason he was selected is because he's good at his job. Allegedly he can score fucking goals. And you can see that across the landscape of pretty much any sport on the planet. It doesn't matter if you beat women, if you beat children. And I'm, I, in particular, I'm talking about Tyreek Hill and, and Adrian Peterson in this, in this instance. But if you score touchdowns, you're still going to get a fucking contract. And that's, that is super, super unfortunate. And I hope Logan Mayu never plays the NHL. I hope he never signs a contract. And I hope that the Canadians suffer some sort of consequences beyond just bad headlines here for a couple of weeks. So first off, I unfortunately, I don't think the Canadians will um, because uh, Bill Daly was asked about it after the first round um, because, like you said, uh, the player did request that teams um, not draft him. And I'm, I'm assuming it was, you know, it, it seemed a lot like lip service, but you know what, that's, that's the first step, whether you're since like, whether you're sincere or not, when you make an apology, you have to make it sound sincere and whether you actually want to make a difference, like you have to, you have to at least go through the motions. And it seemed like he was doing that, which is impressive. Um, to the best of my knowledge, Mitchell Miller, uh, has certainly not gone through those motions as another player who found himself in a lot of hot water. Um, so I think that Logan Mayu at the very least was trying to trying to give off an example of doing the right thing, whether he believes that he needed to or not. Um, and I, I wouldn't have minded, you know, if he had ended up in the NHL at some point down the line, um, because he ultimately playing in the NHL is a privilege. And I think that you can earn a privilege back, right? I think that you can, earn the right to do what you what you dream of back uh just because i don't i don't want to completely close off the idea of redemption um for anyone but i do think you have to earn that right back and the way that he had worded his his renunciation right um it didn't sound like he was super sincere yet but at the very least, he said, I would like to earn that right to play in the NHL. I don't think I have earned it with the way that I handled things so far. So I would like to respectfully request that teams not draft me. And the Canadian said, yeah, but he, he seems pretty good. And we've we've heard and it's it's a systemic issue, which I know Corey has some thoughts on, too. Um, rumor. I guess not rumor has it. Sources told Greg Wyshynski of ESPN that other teams were looking at drafting him in the second round. So outside of the big fanfare filled uh, first round, they were, they were looking at taking him in the second. Um, and the Canadians, I think really wanted him and clearly have no moral compass. So they not only didn't heed his wishes to not get drafted, whether those were truly his wishes or not, but his publicly declared wishes, they, uh, they drafted him in the first round, which is about as public as it gets. And it just kind of seemed like a slap in the face to all of the fans who said that it made them uncomfortable because it basically said, it's okay. Um, we know that you you said you want to learn. We said that you want to earn it. We're going to make sure you get 
money, like we'll pay you while you're learning it. We'll, we'll help you with that. We'll hold your hand. And, and we don't see that for a lot of other people who, uh, for example, come from other sports and other ethnic backgrounds and other socioeconomic levels. Um, we certainly don't see it for people who do not play professional sports, right? We see a lot of people who commit crimes or don't commit crimes. And if they're punished excessively are told that it's because they deserve it. They shouldn't have done the wrong thing in the first place. Um, and so, I don't know, it seemed a lot like, a, like I, I don't ever want to say, oh, I never want to see him hit the ice again. Like, I, I hope he never gets what he wants. But I think he needed to earn that right back. And the Canadians basically said, whether you want to earn it back or not, don't worry, we got you. And I think that's, that's such a systemic problem in hockey because like you said it it basically says if you're good enough we will give you every opportunity to thrive with us no matter what else you do and that that's that doesn't sit right with me um but I do think it's it's still going to work out for him because when they did ask Bill Daly um he said that a player based on the current rules and regulations an eligible player cannot withdraw himself from the draft. He can choose not to sign his entry-level contract, um, but it seems like this player has no intention of not signing it. Um, it The player cannot legally withdraw themselves from the draft once they have been declared eligible and have signed up for the draft and have submitted themselves. So Bill Daly basically shrugged and said, well, rules are rules. Uh, this kid couldn't actually take himself out. So if the Canadians wanted to take him, it's now on him to say, no, 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 I don't want this contract, which I don't blame him for saying, yes, give me the money. Cause I'd get that bread too. Like <laughs> that's, that's asking a lot of an 18 year old when the 40 and 50 and 60 year olds that are running the team should be the ones who are doing the right thing here instead. And that's, it's gross. It wasn't the grossest thing that happened on the day of the draft. I think the Chicago Blackhawks general manager, Stan Bowman, surrounding himself with women. Um, he created this like all female uh, advisement force uh, for the team that has no real name. Like it's a made up department that he created and then stood up on stage with all these women surrounding him to make his pick um, is essentially the first time he'd spoken and addressed the public uh, since the allegations against the Blackhawks were made public, which is another bucket of worms entirely. Um, I thought that was disgusting. Uh, and then the Canadians were just like atrociously disappointing. So it's, it was a really nasty end to what should have been a really fun day for a lot of kids. And I think it took away from their moments too. I think it took away from the Blackhawks draftees moment. It took away from what could have been a really cool redemption moment for Logan Mayu down the, down the road. It took away from every kid who was drafted in the first rounds moment. And, and that's too bad. Uh, hockey seems like it moves forward and then steps back, but that's okay. That was probably one of the most beautiful things oh, I've heard in the longest time. The most beautiful thing. That was absolutely <laughs> Beautiful. I was doing like chef's kisses like in the middle of it. It was just beautiful. Um, I think that the way that 
Kat just put that is probably the best way I've heard it done so far. I was I was telling them earlier in the fact that like I actually kind of got upset uh, through a lot of the stuff on Twitter and the fact that I felt that it was coming off very cancel culture and the fact that it was very much attacking the kid, attacking the Canadians. Believe me, the Canadians deserve 100% the attack that they got because of the fact that, as Kat mentioned, it really, like, whether the kid was told to renounce himself or if he had the intelligence to renounce himself, that tweet knew better than an actual NHL team and the fact that it took away from so many people and it also brought all of this back to light for the victim as well. It just was ridiculous. But at the same time, like I felt like everything was so uh, focused on the fact that of, of the kid and the team that no one thought to think about the fact that this kid supposedly came in to this team as a new kid and decided that he wanted to share this around with the entire team as a way to try and fit in. That is a social issue if he feels the way that he needs to fit in is by showing a picture of of a girl performing an act on him like and then I and then having to sh- give to them her identity afterwards to try and prove to them more you also have a problem with that team and the fact that they are encouraging that the fact that he uh you, you know he didn't I don't think he came into it with malicious intent I think he came into intent and not thinking about that girl one iota he was just thinking about what it could do for him how it could make him seem cool around all of those guys if he comes into that that on that bus or whatever it was and shows that picture and then says to all of them and their response is like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Like that's, that's so fucked up. Then he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that again because of the fact that he's not getting the response that he wants from it. The you as a, as a parent need to raise your kid and say, Hey, you need to show women respect the same respect that you would like to be given. Like, not to be crass here, but like how many men would want a photo of them eating a girl out going all around to a bunch of girls on a team? No one wants that as a human being. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, or anything in between. And so in the fact that you you look at this as a singular problem between, you know, this team and, and, and this guy, there's so many things with it. As a coach, you need to be like, that's not going to happen on my fucking bus. Like, this is not what we are about. And this is, it. there's so many levels of this. And I think a lot of times we don't see it um, really being brought to light the same way in the fact that, like, it doesn't really get charged here in the U.S. But I, I can't tell you growing up how many times I heard about girls that I knew and their nudes circling around a locker room. I can't tell you how many times... I've been talked about in a locker room for no fucking reason other than the fact to rate how I looked on that day. And believe me, not a very little of it was ever complimentary. And that's the thing is you have to go into it something into something that's a societal issue and look at it and be like, what are we teaching our kids here? What are we teaching our boys here? And the fact that for so long it has constantly been you know, how many, how, how many 
times have you gotten laid? How attractive? And then it doesn't even stop there. It goes, how attractive is she? I guarantee you how it went was, we can't see her face in this photo. How hot is she? What is her name? So we can look her up to see how hot she is because it is also not the same level as if you were getting blown by a hot chick. It's a whole nother level that keeps on going up and up and up. So to just blame this kid or just blame this team is such bullshit. And it's a way to ride it out in a way of cancel culture to just say like, you know, these people did wrong. Yes, they did wrong, but there's so many other problems with it. And there's so many layers to this that if you really want this to change and you really want women to get respect, you have to start with the basics and you have to start with teaching these kids what is right and wrong because otherwise if you just yell at people and then on Twitter and then let it go away, that is not going to teach anything and it's just going to empower the assholes that are the people that like to go into cat's dms and other people's dms and try and say, oh well you guys just attack fucking men. That's not what it is. What it is is the fact that there is a real problem and denying it doesn't make it any better, but also, um, you know, try attacking something and then letting it go after that is also not the right thing. There is so many problems with it here. And I just think that, um, you know, denying the, the, the bigger part of it, like systemic racism, same thing. People want to attack one central issue, but they don't want to look at it as a whole is is really not giving the brevity that the that the situation deserves and it's also doing a disservice to this kid who if he really came into this without malicious intent but you're giving him all of the the weight of this entire issue on this one kid that's also not fair to him either. I think that's that's a good point uh especially because I think part of it is, you know, how we how we raise our kids sure um but we also know a lot of kids who engage in stuff like that who come from families that if you were to ask the parents um they would say my kid would never do that and part of it is i think we because we we should be you know giving consequences to this kid but i think we also need to reframe it because the other kids on the team i'm positive that some of them were uncomfortable and we know I I think all three of us know multiple people who have played sports who have been in a locker room or on a field or on a rink with people who have shared that kind of photo or who have shared that kind of rumor um trying to fit in uh we've all heard it we've all seen it um And we all know someone who has been in that situation who has felt deeply uncomfortable with it and knows that it's the wrong thing, but had it framed for so long as don't do this yourself and rather than when it happens, shut it down. Well, I think it's also important because a lot of those parents ship those kids off at 15 to go play in different states and who they're raised by is their coaches and their teammates. That's a that's a very good point. Part of that parenting, right? And I'm on a podcast; nobody can see my hands. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a she, hand she did she did quote I did unquote air quotes for the parenting. <laughs> it is it is the the leadership on the team, and it is the coaching staff, and it is the training staff. And part of that is reminding them 
that even if they are not the ones who share these things, and if even if they are not someone who would consider doing that, you have to, like, it, it has to be reframed so that when a trainer sees it happen, they shut it down. When a coach sees it happen, they shut it down. When another teammate, when, when leadership, when the captain on the team sees it happen, they shut it down and not necessarily in a way that shames the new kid who's trying to fit in, but in a way that says you really need to rethink about that. And I, I think about a, a fun speech from one of Richie and I's underrated favorite shows. It's a Norwegian show called scam. Um, it's a teen drama for the ages. And one of the main characters was talking about being gay and was trying to talk to another character and said, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm not like you. And the other character that he was talking to is very flamboyant and funny and always dressing up and wearing feathered boas and dancing around with girls and calling everyone his sister. And the other, that flamboyant character said, what do you mean not like me? And the the guy who started talking said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm gay, but I'm not like you gay. Like I'm, I'm different. And that was a, like, that was a conversation that came from a place of bigotry and the way that the other character shut it down was, I thought one of the most impactful ways I've seen anybody address a conversation like that. He said, you know, I, I get where you're coming from and you're a good friend of mine, but I think you need to understand. And he brought up why pride is important and why everybody's different. You know, just explained that character's bigotry back to him. Didn't call him an asshole. Didn't yell at him or try and publicly shame him for it. He just said, you know, I'm upset with what you just said. And I, I think you need to sit here for, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't really think we need to talk right now. Um, you need to think about what you just said and explained what was wrong and it changed the younger character's outlook and I think that's that needs to be a part of the leadership that we see in hockey that kind of that kind of leadership that we right now we kind of don't see it we see guys who say oh you know I I lead by example I would never share a nude that was just a one-off this one kid like it was a mistake on his part. He was young, but I would never do that. Well, if you're the if you're the captain of a team of a guy who does that, that's a part of being the captain of the team is sitting him down and saying, hey, here's why you don't do that. You need to think on this for a bit because this is not something that I would do and it's not something that you should do. And I don't think we, I don't think hockey has that kind of leadership right now. I know it's the best sport in the world. You know, people, people love to say that hockey's a, class act and a cut above the rest but I don't I don't see that kind of leadership in hockey so well and that's and that's one of the interesting things going forward like things have have changed to kind of be more modernized in in hockey and but it's funny because the the one thing that is kind of a class act is there was a little bit of um, an, an older culture of um of classiness and the fact that like uh as a as a female who has been around um multiple sports and around locker rooms and dugouts and stuff I can say that most of the time they are a 
more respectful, I guess you could say, to women like outside. But in in the way that it gets modernized, there are certain things that were always kind of uh, kind of along the like don't ask, don't tell mm-hmm. line, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of guys knew that they would do this kind of in the locker room. But once you walked outside the locker room, we have to act like class acts. You keep you keep the two lives separate. Well, I think now that we've gotten to a world of such technology, you are starting to see those lines merge and some of the skeletons in their closet are starting to kind of come to the surface that you never saw before because you would just see them being more of a class act on the outside. And I think this is now the time for them to to pull the class act from the not just out in front of everyone, but actually pull it into their locker rooms as well. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you guys are, that was awesome. That was incredible stuff. Let's listening to you two talk about that. I, I really appreciate it as a white male in a industry and in sports media that is dominated by white males. I feel like me shutting up for the past 20 minutes and letting you guys talk is what, uh, people need to hear. Um, and I just, I just wanted to let I think it's cool that our show does this a lot more so than other shows, right? You can get a lot of hockey shows out there and most of them are white men talking about the sport and it's fine and dandy, whatever. But the fact that this show can have like two women like you two and talk so passionately about, about this situation and so intensely for 15 minutes like that is, is why I love doing this stuff with you two. Um, and so I was 100% okay shutting up for the past 15 minutes and just letting you two guys talk because that was some, that was truly some of the best and most interesting conversation I think we've ever had on this show. So I, I want to thank you guys for, um, being so honest and open and passionate about the subject. And I hope our Sporty Nation listeners and hockey podcast listeners go back and listen to that 20 minutes. Cause like, to be honest, like, I don't really have anything else to add to what you guys just said there. Um, so kudos to you guys. Thank you guys for saying what you said. And and I'm glad that we are able to produce this kind of content for the hockey community. I think it's important for, for female voices like Corey's and like Kat's to be more prominent and prominent as possible. And I'm, I'm super glad that we can do that on this show. I think that's super important. Richie, you are the sweetest, best friend, bridesman, and co-host that is out there. Thank you for being so supportive of us. Uh, you made Kat and I both feel all warm and fuzzy over here. You are definitely the sweetest and best uh, friend, bridesman, roommate, and one of the best male podcast co-hosts I have. Because I don't want to leave out my others. (laughs) But yes, I thank you for letting us have that that conversation on air. I think it's it's important, Um, not just for the the women who obviously I think a lot of voices do get left out. um, But I also know there are a lot of men who like like you guys said, I got some pretty fun DMs this week. my, yeah, sorry, my, I didn't mean for DMs that to are, come out, and I just Twitter got very DMs passionate. My Twitter DMs are a 
a shit storm right now. Um, but I also got a few from people who were really supportive and who I, I got a few who asked me, you know, have I done anything that seems uncomfortable? And have I, what, what am I missing here where it seems like things still aren't getting learned? Is it something that I'm not engaging in enough? Is it something that I'm not talking about enough? Um, and I, I think that the right questions are starting to get asked, but it's nice having a, a, a centralized platform to, to say some of this stuff, to disseminate some of this information, because as much as I love, uh, a lot of the, those men who do come and ask, um, and they ask privately and they ask publicly, and it's, it's wonderful that they're willing to learn, but I know something that, uh, a lot of, uh, and, and black women get it more than I would say just about anyone else. They talk about how exhausting it is uh, sometimes to have to re-explain themselves and have to re-educate everyone individually when there are universalized resources out there, centralized resources for people to go and get the information. So it's it's nice knowing that there is a centralized conversation here because reiterating the same thing uh five, six, 10, 20 times does get exhausting a little bit. And it's, it's cool having a place to, uh, to share it publicly, um, and prominently. And, and I also think there's not enough Twitter characters alive for what we just did. This is true. That would be a, a thread for the ages. And I don't think people would read that far. Although I might be underestimating a lot of people on Twitter. You guys should all go outside every once in a while. <laughs> the sun's really good for you. Hey, it's been nice the last couple of days here. It's been raining. It was There was a deluge earlier on Sunday morning. I almost died in a fiery car crash on the 101 because... I could barely see five feet in front of me while driving into work. Um, so. A deluge? Wonderful, wonderful SAT word, by the way. I love it. That's that's a word that I would, I would use, like trying to flirt with someone and then have to crawl into a hole. Um, speaking of personality traits, like, a, like using words like deluge, um, I do think that Corey had a really fun game for us. To hey, see, I told you we should rename the podcast Sporty with Corey, Cat and Richie because that was like, that was a professional level, like very <laughs> professional host level transition there, Cat. transition was beautiful. And we point out when we have beautiful transitions, we're that type of nerds on this podcast. We're like, oh, that was such a great transition. We stop. It ruined the great transition by talking about how great of a transition it was. Speaking of transitions, uh, Corey, would you like to explain our fun game? Yes. Speaking of our transitions. So um, our fun game, I had, long story short, there was, someone was making a product and they had asked their family and friends for each each of the products, like to name them um, three words that to use to describe them. And I feel like um, on this podcast, Richie and I always put each other in these positions where we try and like, you know, launch something at each other that we have to think very quickly about. And 
I just thought that it would be very fun. It really rounded it out perfectly, though, that you were on the show for it today because um, in the fact that we are the three best friends that anyone could have, um, that we uh, could do three uh, words to describe there'll be three total for each of us um cat will do one on the other two and then herself and then so, so on going forward richie would on the other two and himself and so we will i guess go around here i i've made a little like table so i can keep track we're gonna we're gonna start with richie and and cat said she wasn't even i i gave small warning at the beginning of this just to get the brain churning Kat said that she refuses to even think about it, that she was going to wing it as, as hard as she could in this situation. So you are going to go up first, Katarina. Right, what is so one word to describe Richard? Eclectic. Ooh, eclectic. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, I think it's pretty apt. So my mind was going to be goofy <laughs> because he always describes himself as goofy but then i thought that was like too easy no that's that's perfect that's a vibe that's a, so my my secondary one was warm-hearted oh because cute. the way that richie and i became best friends is the fact that there was a lot of assholes that were trying to speaking of women facing issues in uh uh you know, sports journalism, there's a lot of assholes that were trying to uh, keep me out of uh, broadcasting. And the only smiling face that I would see going up into uh, the press box at ASU hockey um, was literally Richie. And it was, if anyone knew it, when you go up into there, and, and believe me, it wasn't anything that had to do with ASU hockey. Oh, shit, this is my podcast. I can just say whatever the fuck I want. Uh, there were some assholes that ran this organization called WCSN. They're fucking assholes. None of them none of them really did anything great with their lives. So that kind of shows to you that uh, ball don't lie. But um, they when you would go up this ramp, I guess it was, into uh, the press box there, um, there is a very small door-like opening that you go through and then you walk up and normally the play-by-play and the color person are standing right there. The first thing I would see often wearing his hockey tie was Richie just smiling at me as happy as could be that I was up there and I wasn't even allowed to do any of the broadcasts anymore. I just was allowed to sit there and watch the game and I would sit there while Richie would do play-by-play and watch the games and it was the the most warming and welcoming face that I, I could ever experience in, in a time like that where I was feeling so judged. So um, that's why I would say warm hearted. Thank you. That means a lot. This is this is this is too much. You guys are too nice. We try. We might get Richie to cry tonight. Okay, Richie, <laughs> you now have to give one about yourself. I have to give one about myself. Okay. Uh, I would say childish. As as my child and as Kat's child, I would agree. I literally earlier today was talking to someone about only children because they are an only child and said that I was a little worried 
that my child was going to fall into only child syndrome. But uh, that's why I acquired her a 34, a 30 year old big brother. Um, and she seems to be doing just fine now. And Scotty and I have joked multiple times about getting one of those child leashes for Richie when we would would go to Comic-Con because he would run away. And it's not just that, too. He would run away at concerts. One time, he literally found a friend of ours, ran all the way across the the place where we were watching the concert. I turned around and I was like, damn it, Scotty, you were supposed to be watching him. Where did he go? And he had ran all the way across the amphitheater and i so when i called him he was like oh i'm just hanging out with adam all the way over here on the grass we had seats you guys he was on the grass on the other side of the amphitheater (laughs) in literally two minutes time and he claims he's not a runner we we love you richie who's next hey i just Um, i just i just got some great new uh new balance 860s from Madison Harris Sports in Glendale, Arizona. Yes, okay. exactly. No, uh, not from Catherine. Catherine asked Richie to come in and specifically hang out with him so that she could spend a little time taking a break at work. And Richie worked with Greg. Oh, very nice. Greg's not named Cat. Um, <laughs> I didn't see you. I, I decide I work inside. I don't believe yeah, outside. And I know, yeah. I and I just like walked up and being the efficient person I am, uh, Greg was super nice. I was like, Hey, do you got this? Like bing, bang, boom. I was out in 10 minutes. It was great. Greg so I, I, did, nice. I did feel bad about it though, but like, I didn't want you to like have to just like, I didn't to like wait for me, <laughs> like wrap up finishing with whoever you're with. To then come work with me, who you already see more than enough oh, of. And I I hang around her store and make eye co- random eye contact with her while she is with other people until she gets to me. She's done this multiple times. It's true. <laughs> and then other um, other coworkers of hers try to help me, and then I I ca- keep on telling them, them no. no. She tells them no. It's a ton of fun. You should come sometime. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> I can't wait until Corey shows up at Sprouts and does this. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how badly I want to come to Sprouts. But then I also Izzy's done it. Try too. Oh, good. I I I've been trying to wait it out so that way Richie's been working there long enough so he doesn't feel like I'm causing a disruption in his workday because I really want to. I think that the listeners should pay attention to the way that Corey's and Richie are discussing this. Um. And let the record show that I have no such qualms. I would absolutely go in and bother him. Who are we? Who are we gonna describe next? Is it gonna be Corey? Yeah, mine. Mine is next, and you are up first. All right, for Corey. This makes me so nervous. I'm so uncomfortable. Impassioned. Impassioned. Yes. Oh God, that is that's a big word. I was not expecting. Five hundred dollar word. <laughs> I was gonna say that one is is very very like i feel i I would i would win scrabble with that one yeah that was like on another level um next is up me for me about myself (laughs) son of a bitch um wait wait i'm just going in the order and then we're supposed to be last on this one so because it goes cat Corey, richie 
Okay. Gotta stick with my order on my paper. Um, I guess maybe if there is one to describe myself, I would say fiery. Yes. I can agree with that. Yeah. That was that was my. I was trying not to give myself a compliment, but I was trying not Perfect to. Perfect example is tonight's episode. Yes. Yeah, I get kind of fiery. It happens. Okay, now, so, now it's your turn, Richard. Okay, here's the thing. So I cannot think of one word to describe Corey, so I just made up a word. Oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. So. <laughs> That's how much I laughed on that. I know, uh, I've known Corey now for what, uh, eight years? Shit, has it been that long? Yeah, 2013, right? Damn, yeah. Because Scotty yes. and I started dating in 2011 and we decided 10 years. Yeah, eight years. So, uh, known Corey a long time. So, I my word is best friend-erific. Best friend-erific? That is the cutest thing ever. That's like something. That would not win you Scrabble. Though. That's not in the dictionary. But it sounds but like something Tigger would say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that goes. It somehow goes with his words for himself. It literally is like um, uh, something from Jeopardy that would be like, what would Tigger say? And then <laughs> best friend-erific. <laughs> That's cute. Okay, well, so it's supposed to be cat says cats first, but that I feel like that's not fun. So we're gonna we're gonna skip it, and then go start with me and and Richie, and then come back to cat. I'm gonna change the order on this one because I just feel like um, my word. It's actually kind of funny because this is the one that came to me right away, and like it's kind of funny that it starts with the same thing as yours, but um, but mine for you is empowered. That's super cute. I feel like you are always very empowered, and then you always make everyone around you feel very empowered. Oh, I love that. Richie, you get to go next. (laughs) How do I follow that up? Like, that was, like, super cute and, like, and and great and perfect. And then I I come in, and, and, and my word is spicy. Spicy. spicy oh my gosh we're looking at uh bridesmaid dresses today which is which is why cat is on this podcast right now because i was we were looking at them for a long time and um one of them i called spicy so that's that's actually perfect spicy my word for myself is grumpy <laughs> she has now become a dwarf <laughs> Yes, between spicy and 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 grumpy. <laughs> I think that we basically just described the three Powerpuff Girls. Oh my gosh, I've actually. Been- I think that's basically what we just came up with here because grumpy, empowered, and spicy sounds a whole lot like Buttercup. Uh, eclectic, warm-hearted, and childish sounds a little bit like Bubbles. <laughs> and impassioned, fiery, and best friend-erific definitely sounds like Blossom. So, congrats, guys. A little that, bit of chemical wait. X is all we needed. <laughs> does that, wait, does that make me team leader? It does. Oh, that, you know what I'm doing now? We're, we're changing the name of our group chat now. Like, oh, no. 
Oh, we God. have to. We have to. I've actually been watching a lot of Powerpuff Girls. It has a lot of really good adult humor in it. It's actually funny shit. I didn't. I didn't realize when I was a kid how actually like the they have some really actually like funny shit in it. I, I really actually enjoy it. There's um, I I I advise people to go back and watch Powerpuff Girls because it had a lot of great Which- humor. Unsurprisingly, going back to me being childish, um, me and Iz have watched a decent amount of Powerpuff Girls together. Wait, really? Yeah, like we haven't watched a lot of episodes, but I've watched a few with her. Like, Let the record show that that surprise in my voice um, over what my child watches on television, um, my two children. Uh, I'm a very good parent, I promise but I have no idea what they watch. So. <laughs> I know way too much about the amazing world of Gumball. I have heard it has similarities to Rick and Morty. I'm a big Rick and Morty fan, so I can prove. Which, wait, was today Sunday night? Yes. New Rick and Morty episode. Sorry. New Rick and Morty episode. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, friends. That's a that was the perfect way to end the episode. That was really adorable. That was super cute. Um, it, I feel like it made us closer as people and as and as friends. And I, I feel like it's the perfect way to end. Yeah, well, I mean, after you have like a very deep discussion, I feel like you have to end with something a little bit more lighthearted. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So before we officially say goodbye, do you, either of you have anything you would like to say before we bid adieu to this episode? Yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. It is. It, it, is, it is meat between two breads because even though the, the bread is connected, it has two sides to it. And when it gets soggy, it disconnects. So... Corey, do you have anything else? Is that it? No, I just wanted to embellish on the fact that it is a sandwich. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What an episode, everybody. Um, Thanks for listening. It was great. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. TikTok. We have a TikTok now, everybody. You have a TikTok. You can follow us on TikTok. We couldn't put anything on it yet, but but we will. We will. Yes, at some point. Uh, until next time, everybody, good night and good hockey.